Trust your network, trust the people who know you, ask them what they think you're best at. Cause often they will pull out the couple things like Alex, you're really great with the creative ideas. And you know, you may not be good at the following things and you might need help with those. There was a time when I was sitting on my couch dreaming of these games and this paint bomb thing, but I needed other people to, to fill that in. I actually had, going back to lifeguarding, I had my lifeguard boss set me up with the person who's now beat the bomb's chief operating officer because he said, look, Alex, I know your mentality and I know this person's mentality and you are a creator, an inventor, and this person is as rock solid, dependable of a planner And that's not your strength. So if you pair up with him, all the things that you dream and want to do, he will put a plan to them and they will get done. And that might not actually happen if you're just on your own. So you you can't do it. It's, It's about beginning to partner with other people to leverage your strengths and support the things you're not great at. And you have to have the humility to do that. Former big firm lawyer Alex Patterson is the creator of Beat the Bomb, an experience, a tech-enabled escape room with a laser maze and a paint bomb ending. It's been a big hit in New York City, and while the pandemic has required pivots to virtual, interactive add-ons, the business is thriving. Now, before I recorded, I asked Alex about overcoming obstacles. What was most valuable in getting this off the ground? And by the way, that seems to be his jam. He was one of the first employees at Tough Mudder, an events company running a 10 to 12 mile military style obstacle course race, if you're not familiar with it. And what Alex told me in response to that question, I want to kick off this episode with because it's so powerful. The most important thing, he says, is to watch yourself and see what you're interested in when no one else is looking. No one is forcing you. What are you curious about? What do you read? What do you teach yourself? What do you get excited about? For Alex, it was always these creative, inventive pursuits. He would write and record songs. He authored TV commercials. He would tell people about products that don't exist but should. He would analyze everything, like why an airport was laid out the way it was or why they had a two-for-one hot dog deal at the baseball stadium. Curiosity, improvement, innovation all just became a way of thinking for him so much so that he needed to invent something that could become a business and a company in which he could focus all that thinking versus having it be dispersed. That was the drive that led to Beat the Bomb. There's so much more good stuff in this episode and his How I Built It story. You're going to love it. Let's listen. Welcome to Bucketless Careers, Alex. It is great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Krista. Appreciate being here. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Your narrative is a perfect fit. People often ask me how I find guests, and I thought, why not give a little insight into it? So in most cases, it's people that I know or I've come across in the news business, right? But then I also get pitched people from social media. You know, they have PR types. But my favorites are the ones that I get from a friend, a friend of a friend or an acquaintance. And in this case... I went to high school with a friend of yours. She found me on Facebook. She said, Krista, I'm enjoying your podcast. Thank you, Amelia, because I know you're listening. And she said to me, I have someone who's absolutely ideal for exactly what you're trying to achieve here. So Alex, how do you know Amelia again? Give us the backstory on that. Our families know each other from a place called Salt Air out in Fire Island, which is a beach community off the southern coast of Long Island. And I actually was a lifeguard with her brother named Roy. I looked up to him. He was maybe five years older than me and we lived on the same block. So when it was my chance to put on the red shorts, I love it. I kind of followed in his footsteps and everyone <laughs> uh, knew Milia. She's amazing. <laughs> That's great. So you stayed in touch and you have some obviously great memories. 
Well, let's dive in a little bit into your career journey and your evolution. That's why you're here and taking some time from Beat the Bomb. You were a corporate attorney at Davis Polk in New York City, and then you worked at the global obstacle course company Tough Mudder, which I never have been able to (laughs) sign up for, although I consider myself in good shape, but that's a whole other podcast. And then you founded Beat the Bomb, which I've also been meaning to try out in the city since I've heard about it. I'm so intrigued by what you've done. So before we go into all your pivots, the headspace it took for you to make your transitions, I wanted you, the founder, to describe to listeners exactly what you're trying to give people with this experience, Beat the Bomb. Beat the Bomb is a one-hour team game where you go through five rooms. The fifth and final room, you'll be confronted with a paint bomb, and you're going to be asked to play a game to try to disarm that bomb, and if you fail, you get blasted. And it's hard for people when they finish not to say, you know what, it was a blast, and then we kind of all laugh because (laughs) go on the nose. Each of the games in the run-up to the fifth and final room is a 10-minute experience. In that game, you are asked to work together as a team to do things that no one person on your team could do alone. Hmm. We're talking about things like replay a sound pattern back to the computer, sort of like the Simon game you played as a kid with the red, yellow, green, and, and blue buttons. But imagine if each person had one and you had a complicated sound pattern that went, you know, doot, 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 doot. And we had to play it back to the computer and someone was just always out of line. (laughs) Just becomes hilarious. The games are super social. We have a game where you have to stand in the right places in the room. And if someone's in the wrong place, you don't complete the pattern. We have a laser maze. So you get 10 laser hits to cross the room and you got to keep crossing the room in the span of 10 minutes as many times as you can. And every time you get across the room, you earn time. Now by earn time, I don't think I covered that point. Uh, The games (laughs) earn you time for the fifth and final room in the bomb room. So what do you want to do when you're trying to disarm a bomb? You want to be smart. Maybe you want to get lucky, but you want as much time on the ticking clock as you can get. And that's the point of the first four games that beat the bomb. You're trying to go from starting with zero time on your clock to you probably need at least five minutes on the clock to try to beat the bomb. So it's, it's almost like being on a game show with your friends and it's, it's hilarious. And we have a bar. So when you're done, you can have a, have a beer. It's a good time. It sounds challenging, but fun and social and and brilliant. After law school, you spent a few years at Davis Polk practicing tax law until the financial crisis of 2008-9 sparked a big change for you, and you decided to recalibrate, which is actually the exact word you used, which I really love. Walk us through that a little bit. Going back even a little further to the first story about lifeguarding with Roy, I'm one of three brothers, so you you either negotiate or fight or figure out how to get what you want, and you got to work together most of the time. Ended up being a lifeguard, and as a lifeguard, (laughs) it's not like a swimming race in a pool. It's definitely a collaborative endeavor. If someone is out in the water drowning, there's a bunch of positions. Someone swims out with a rope. Someone swims out with a torpedo. Someone stays on the beach to pull everybody in. That was actually Roy's job because he's fantastically strong. (laughs) (laughs) You have to separate out the different roles and execute them all at the same time in order to be successful. It's not enough for someone to say, hey, I I swim out with the rope if there's no one on the beach to pull anyone in. Um, It's not enough for someone to say I'm super strong on the beach if your swimmers can't get to the victim. So it's a combined endeavor that needs everyone to be successful. And one of our drills actually has someone be the victim, someone be the torp, someone be the line, and someone be on beach. And the way we train is we go through every single position. So I was culturally always fascinated with things that you had to do as a team to be successful. Yeah, 
Audrey then, then went off to law school, became a lawyer, worked at this big corporate law firm where I didn't really feel that that was the sort of the endeavor that we were doing. You very much sitting in your office by yourself, reviewing a document by yourself. The one thing I will say about law, though, is that law is completely made up. Hmm. So people say, how do you go from law to being an entrepreneur and creating something like Beat the Bomb? Well, they are both totally made up, right? Law is not about whether a bridge can hold so much weight or not. That's an engineering thing. There's a real answer to it. Right. You know, law is more like, you know, did you break the contract? What should attempted murder be defined as? What is international law versus U.S. law? All this stuff is stuff that humans just kind of need to think about, define, and, and make up. Right. After a couple of years there, the financial crisis hit. And to be honest, the work just completely dried up. There was no business deals happening that needed any tax. I was in the tax part of the firm, which in some ways showed that I liked games because tax is a big game in a lot of ways. It's a cat and mouse game between clients and the government and different countries right. against each other. After two and a half years there and the work drying up and not really enjoying working at an enormous law firm, I kind of looked down the hall and said, do I really want to be the person 30 years from now, five offices down in the corner? I, I thought that's not me. In fact, I had a discussion with one of the tax partners where we had done a big production for the IRS of documents. It's called like producing documents to the IRS. And the partner had said, have you ever done a production that big? And I just joked, I did Pirates of Panzance in high school. <laughs> and he was completely stone-faced and didn't, you know, had no sense of humor. And I thought to myself at that moment, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in the wrong place. I have this sort of frivolous uh, streak to me. I need to go off. So I, I left there and joined this really great company called Tough Mudder, which was just starting out. They had just had their first event when I applied in New Jersey. We went from three events the first year to 14 the second to 35 the third. Okay. I joined to be their attorney, but very soon thereafter was doing marketing. We didn't have a marketing team. It's just a very startup story of, of wearing a bunch of different hats. And just if people don't know Tough Mudder, I mean, most people do, but that's an events company that puts on like a 10 to 12 mile military style obstacle course race. That's correct. Very different than working in a place like Davis Polk. So are you one of those people that has any concern about taking that kind of risk, making a jump like that? And you were going in-house, which is also a different type of job. How did you navigate any fears about the next step? I think I've always looked for what's next and what's new, always had sort of a sense of self-confidence. And to be honest, it wasn't so much that I was going towards something I thought would be great. I think I was in some ways moving away from something I thought I wasn't going to be great at. Uh, uh -huh, fair enough. A little bit more freedom if I thought to myself, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to fit in the corporate tax world. Let me go and try this new thing. I mean, the world was sort of in its yeah. version of an apocalypse at the time financially, and I was just in the mood to try to you know, land somewhere and try something new. So you know, it would have been something different if I was a year away from making partner and had spent all this time. But it just sort True. of like the world is blowing up. The, the economy is, is uh, in transition. Why don't I take my law degree and work at a small company? Because maybe then I'll, I'll find a way to do something with a law degree or maybe even something outside of the law that I really enjoy. Right. And while you were at Tough Mudder, I know you said that you wore a number of hats and that led to creating your, your own company. So was that intentional? I mean, I think you went from law to sponsorship sales to marketing and then working on the product and eventually on the people side of things. So do you feel like those years there and the fact that you were able to be in different parts of that sandbox, did that lead to beat the bomb? Absolutely. Like there would have been no way that I could have got 
from where I had been as an attorney at a law firm to where I am as an entrepreneur starting my own company without going through this transition five years in which I joined a startup as their third employee. Yeah. Helped that startup build to over 150 employees, operations all around the globe at one time, over a hundred million dollars in revenue and sort of coming out of that five years with the confidence to say, rather than just stay at this company for the next 10 years, which you know would have had its benefits, right. I thought for me, the next challenge is really to try to start my own company. Talk to me about overlap because a lot of my guests have an idea or have, I think in your case, you knew you wanted to stay with this experiential space, this ticketed experiential space concept, but you wanted to lean into technology more. Were you overlapping at Tough Mudder when you were working on this in different iterations of Beat the Bomb? Because I feel a lot of people do that versus just jumping out into this unknown field or world. I would say it wasn't an overlap. I came up with the idea for Beat the Bomb about a year after I left Tough Mudder. And that's kind of a story huh. in and of itself of the, the thought process to lead to Beat the Bomb. But I did yeah. when I was at Tough Mudder that I was watching groups of people come together to do this obstacle course. That was really a team endeavor. One job I had along the way was to invent the obstacles, which was quite fun. I would invent obstacles you know, with a group, a great other group of folks, including an engineer, builders, creative folks who could design and draw. Yeah. But the best obstacles were not just the ones that were physically tough on people. They were the ones that made people work together. So it meant one of our obstacles was this uh, sort of perfectly angled slope. You couldn't get up it by yourself. You would just sort of, your feet would scratch and you would fall back down. Mm-hmm. But if you created a human pyramid of people stand, you know, someone would lay against the wall someone else would climb them, put their feet on that person's shoulders and then put their back against the wall. And people would climb each other in a human ladder that would then allow other people to get to the top. And just watching the communication was fascinating. And then once people were finished, they would give each other a huge high five because they had had to work together to do this. And I thought to myself, that type of teamwork and communication and the, the feeling of achievement doesn't have to just be to do that. I think limited to a physical obstacle course for people who can run miles and do pull-ups and are, are physically well-built and you know, been tra- training at the 24-hour fitness for the last six months, you could do things like that that are more, that are more game-based, that are more mental. Like imagine right. a room filled with numbers on touchscreens where as quickly as possible, the team needs to fan out and touch the numbers in order from lowest to highest. And now imagine if they were competing with another team doing that. It's not physical. No one needs to be physically strong, but they have to communicate. And if they hit a number out of order, they have to start back at the beginning. So how quickly do they go versus how slowly and surely do they go? This is something that they need to talk about as a team. I just began to sort of become enamored with the idea of the experience I had had with lifeguarding, where everyone needs to have a, a, a role and work together. What I had seen and developed on the Tough Mudder course of obstacles that required communication and teamwork. And I thought, if you could put those types of activities in a city, in a box, in a room. And if you could make the room digital so that you could continually change it, you could have a really successful concept on your hands. And then I married that with an ending that was really exciting and built for social media with this paint bomb explosion, because that was something I learned from Tough Mudder as well. People would have all these muddy photos themselves and they post on social media because it's crazy. So I thought you have to have something that's kind of crazy about the experience where on Monday morning, when someone says, Krista, what did you do over the weekend? 
you'd have to be, uh, you know, crazy yourself not to say, oh, I, you know, I went through this experience that had a laser maze and we put on these white hazmat suits. And at the end, I got blasted with paint. And by the way, let me show you right now the slow motion GoPro <laughs> video that they gave me, you know, a minute after I left the experience. Totally. So That's to so be marketed on, in a social media world. Um, and yeah, a lot of thought had gone into that um, because there were things I looked at, things like escape rooms that had some similarities, but I was essentially, really, I stepped back and tried to build a better mousetrap. Escape rooms are fundamentally private. They, they force you to put your phones away because it's all about clues. And if you record it and put it on YouTube, well, their, their room is ruined. And so I thought that's not good in the social media age. Let's take away that. We don't need sort of specific clues that are hidden. And then escape rooms, when you end, it's very anticlimactic because if you don't get out of the room, they just come in, open the door and say, you guys can leave now. I thought, wait a second, if you don't get out, if you don't finish, something should happen that's exciting. And that's where the paint bomb came into play. Yeah. The idea of the games being digital was, the, I say, the third major change versus an escape room, because an escape room is so physically built in an environment. If you want to do it again, you can't because it's cabinets, it's locks, it's secret drawers. I wanted something where you could walk into the very same room and play a totally different game. I thought of it as a difference between, right. imagine sort of a purpose-built theater on Broadway playing Les Mis versus a movie theater screen. So a movie theater screen, you can walk in every time and, and watch a different movie. It's digital. Yeah. The Broadway play is, is not. And that sort of escape room to beat the bomb. It's this digital box that's consistently repurposable. I think differentiators are so key to success. I know you're doing well. I think you said you did a minimum viable product in the winter of 2016 to 17, and then you launched in Brooklyn in late 2017, and it's been successful since. But, of course, with every story I do on this show, there's a pandemic pivot. Your expansion plans had to slow down. So tell me how you were navigating that and still are. Well, in some sense, we were fortunate. We were about to sign a lease and open a location in Philadelphia in the summer of 2020. And then the pandemic struck. So we didn't sign that lease, which was good because we would have been on the hook. I say we're fortunate because we had one location at the time. In some ways, had we been a little bit further in our trajectory, if we had five locations and expanded that far, if every location had investors or debt, or if the company were sort of a little bit more over its skis, so to speak, the pandemic possibly could have wiped us out. And that happened to a lot of other businesses. But the good thing was, since we had one location, it was just a little bit less painful to close the door, shut it for six months. Right. And we turned our focus to taking our games, which are built in the Unity game platform, and putting them um, on the web in a virtual version that we call Beat the Bomb Virtual. What happens is you, you sit down to a computer, you log into Zoom like we're here, and then you log into a website, which is a proprietary Beat the Bomb website. On that website is one screen out of six, and you're playing this game with five other people who could be located around the neighborhood, or they could be located around the world. Right. All of your computers are networked, and you play these teamwork games, similar games to as I described in the rooms, things like replaying a sound pattern back to the computer with every person having a different sound, or navigating a robot through a maze, a little bit like Pac-Man, where each player has a different control over the robot. So forward, left right, back, shooting the guns, something that would be very easy to do yourself if you were given like an Xbox controller because you're just one person and you have a bunch of thumb, you know, a couple of thumbs and some other fingers. Yeah. It'd be very difficult when you're trying to do it with five other people, especially five people in your family or five people that you work with. So we took our games, 
We put six of them on this virtual website platform, and we've now had thousands of players across hundreds of really? companies around the world during the pandemic play this game because they can't get together for happy hour. They can't get together for a national conference where they bring everybody to New York. They're just constantly looking for ways to communicate and get that team building that they, that they can't get. Uh, you might be able to discuss a report virtually, but how are you going to create a rapport across the computer? And that's what our game is, is meant to do virtually. Well, you have to do that kind of thing. You have to be creative and are you going to do more in person now that we're slowly but surely getting back to normal? Are you expanding beyond Brooklyn? What's next? Well, we, we, we love the location-based business because it's just phenomenal to have people walk in the door and get this social experience together. It's something we're very passionate about. Yeah. Technology can be used not just to separate us, but also to bring us together. You know, generally your phone gives you a curated feed on TikTok or Instagram and you watch people out to dinner and both couples just down looking down at their phones. In the Beat the Bomb game, you have to work together. And so it's just, it's an awesome experience. So we're definitely very bullish on the location-based business. We've seen since we were able to reopen in 2020, really just booming business through 2021. A little bit down once Delta hit and Omicron hit. But yeah. you know, we think as the world comes out of the pandemic, people are going to be dying to do things in person again. Like the pandemic has taught us the things we can do virtually. And it's taught us the things that you just can't and you have to do in person. So we're going to be expanding to Atlanta this summer of 2022 and then Washington, D.C. this fall. And then we're going to look at Chicago and Dallas as potential locations for our fourth Beat the Bomb. So we're definitely expanding the location-based business. But at the same time, we see a huge opportunity. We think the world is fundamentally changed, that remote and hybrid and distributed workforces are here to stay and that people are going to need games and experiences that you know, make them laugh and get to know each other's names and just break the ice or blow off steam when they're working at home or working from Costa Rica or whatever else people can do in today's day and age. So we're actually investing in the game developers and a leader for that business and really thinking of the virtual game as a separate business. We are also excited one day about people walking into our location, yeah. playing against people who are playing virtually from anywhere. And that could be really fun. Oh, oh, that's smart. You could play in New yeah. York City and your family or friends from school could be anywhere around the world and they could be there on a video screen playing with you. And you know, this is also not even to mention eventually taking our, our, our collaborative games and putting them into the metaverse you know, through something like Oculus, which is certainly possible as a video game company. So we're sort of moving more towards a content company, a video game company with an arm builds locations that have bars where people have a great social time. So yeah, the pandemic in many ways kind of lifted our gaze at a much wider world. The endless possibilities of your reach and connecting people. I like to look at the silver linings of the pandemic and that's yeah. certainly what you're doing, talking about a hybrid model going forward. I think you're right. The world has fundamentally changed. I love how you've pulled everything together, Alex. This has been so much fun. I wish we had more time to be honest with you. Where's the best place for people to go? Beatthebomb.com. Does that also include where you can play virtually right there on that website? Yep. There'll be a menu that says play at our Brooklyn location and then soon to be our Atlanta and our DC locations, or it'll say play virtually and you'll be able to contact us there. And Chris, I fully expect to see you here in a hazmat suit standing in front of the bomb pretty soon. You know it. <laughs> 
I, I fully intend to, that's for sure. It does sound really fun and something totally different, so you're on to something. Alex, really great to have you on Bucket List Careers. Thanks so much. I wish you well, and we'll be watching. Thank you so much. So glad you could join us for another episode. There is more content, videos and such on our website, bucketlistcareerspodcast.com. And be sure to give us your email if you haven't already for newsletter updates. Oh, and you know what I was reading? Reviews of the podcast are really valuable to me in terms of growth. So if you haven't done that yet, I would so appreciate your support. Be well. Thanks for listening. We'll have another episode for you next Thursday. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.